Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. Right. <laughs> Are you drinking milk, Patrick? No. I'm drinking, <laughs> no. Horrible lighting. Okay. You're doing it wrong. That's not. Are you drinking milk? Are you drinking milk, Patrick? <laughs> I no, nothing wrong. Milk was a bad choice. Milk was a bad decision. Um, I almost made a white Russian, and I was like, I don't know if that's going to be weird or not, but um, I didn't. I went with an old fashioned. The next one might be a, a white Russian. Who knows? Right, yeah. Do it. The dude abides. These are the tales of college basketball past as you've never heard them before. Our guests tell stories blending team seasons, on and off court moments, memories of personal fandom, catastrophe, and elation, and yes, alcohol. I'm Jeremy. I'm Matt. And I'm Pat. We do the work, you tell the story. These are the college basketball stories. I'm Jamie Plunkett. I'm Melissa Trewasser. And we are going to tell you about the 1986-87 TCU Horned Frogs. We like to call this season the season of oral heat. And that's we'll tell the you why a little bit later. <laughs> and that's it, folks. Congratulations. You've made cut. it. We can cut now. <laughs> Um, because that's all we need. Maybe, or maybe we won't, but just know Melissa, you can keep that. You're welcome. Picture for me, if you will, Melissa. You are a Kentucky basketball fan, okay? Oh, I, I really don't want to go down that path, but okay. Hang with me. Trust okay. me. Hang with I'll me. I'll abide. The year <laughs> is 2054. Okay. Okay. Whoa. I, that might, I, I might not be around still. But you're, okay, we'll, you're, we'll you're hanging by a thread. Like Melissa has just sold the the last remaining NBA top shot that she owns. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> my Dogecoin right. retirement has run out. 
it's paying for the home for like three more days. Okay. And you said Kentucky basketball fan have only seen your team make the NCAA tournament twice since their last NCAA tournament win. How okay. do you respond to that? As a Kentucky basketball fan? Yeah. Um, I'm like not with with the memories of titles, John Calipari, you know, all this other great stuff. If I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of Go Big Blue, I'm disappointed. Right? Like it's hard for me to envision that, but I'm but I'm disappointed that we've had the success and now we're not having the success because my expectation as a Kentucky basketball fan is prolonged and often mm-hmm. having success. Yes. Now imagine that you're a TCU basketball fan in 2021. Oh God, in a place. It's very dark. Currently. And your team. Somebody give you a flashlight. It's been 30 something years ish since your team has won an NCAA tournament game. That's the reality that TCU fans are living in. And they don't even have like the benefit of titles on titles on titles from like the fifties and forties and thirties. They just have suck. I don't know <laughs> that you should, I don't know that you should say suck when we know that we're building to a point of oral heat. That was I an intentional know. word choice and yeah. I stand by it. Uh, yeah, so just, what's, yeah. what's the uh, rating on this here podcast? Just, just as an FYI. Yeah. It's whatever you want to make it. We can put the explicit logo next to it. Yeah. Parental, parental guidance yeah. highly suggested. Is, is suck worthy of the explicit tag no, these days? No. Oh, okay. Okay. Even my dog is gross. I work with high schoolers, and if I said that around them, they'd be like, Jamie's being tame. But if, but if you said fucking oral heat within two sentences of each other? I would be reprimanded by my... Considering yeah. we're doing a podcast that involves alcohol, I don't think we have to worry about whether we have to put the explicit logo True. on there. So. <laughs> True. Yeah. We've crossed all borders. Very true. Not all of them, but we can get there if you try hard enough. That's true. Um, That's so anyways... So we're here to talk about TCU basketball, which is a thing that like very few people tend to do. Yeah, Uh, but we're we're venturing out on this endeavor. Someone asked it. Um, Shout out to we are verified. So yes, shout out to Jeremy and Matt and Patrick Waugh, former goaltender of the Colorado Avalanche, who drinks a lot of milk. (laughs) Milk drinker extraordinaire for inviting us to have this conversation. it's really lovely. Uh, but Melissa, you were around for this basketball season, so why don't you go ahead and kick us off? <laughs> I need you guys to know. I need you guys to know that I'm looking at all of these dates and it's like when when we get to that eventually, the uh, the AM game happened I was exactly five months old. <laughs> So where hey, were you? You want to make sure I you was... want to make sure that you get the explicit tag. Hey Jamie, fuck you. Um... <laughs> I was I was five months old. Uh, not a care in the world. Those were good times. Let, wait, let's see how old I was at the A and M. Where's the A and M? February seventh, nineteen eighty seven. I was a solid eight and a half. Yeah, nice. solid eight and a half. So, nice. yeah. But also, like, 
I was a current student, you know, the last time that we made the NCAA tournament before the last time we made the NCAA tournament. So or Kenny Hustle dragged us <laughs> kicking and stream, screaming to the NCAA yeah. tournament. Ken, you said Kenny Hill. You Kenny Hustle. Clip. Kenny Hustle. Yeah. Kenny Did I say Kenny Hill? Hill? You did say Kenny Hill. Yeah. Shout we shout get it. He's the current quarterback coach. Yeah. TCU quarterback. Um, yeah, so um, I was alive. I will, I will say perfectly honestly that I had no idea what TCU was in that period of time and didn't discover what TCU was until uh, the fall of my senior year of high school because, let's be honest, outside of the state of Texas, nobody knew what TCU was for a good, until the Rose Bowl. Like, like if we're being yeah. really honest, until the Rose Bowl. Maybe yeah. the Fiesta Bowl the year before. Um but what they were missing was a really entertaining TCU basketball team um, and one that actually had a pretty successful run in the 80s, mm-hmm. penned by none other than current TCU basketball coach, Jamie Dixon, who was <laughs> unbelievably an absolute superstar in the Southwest Conference. He's a total stud. And it, it, you know, it occurs to me in these moments, Melissa, that you and Jamie Dixon have similar like story arcs when it comes to being from California. True. And then all of a sudden kind of discovering this small private school in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, obviously, you know, it was one of Dixon's few, if uh, it might've even been his only division one college basketball offer. And so of course he made his way to TCU, you know, you fell in love with the campus. And so you came to TCU as well. Uh, both of you are currently uh, extraordinary celebrities in the DFW scene. Uh, recently, Fortnite. obviously, Frogs of War verified on Twitter. Verified we account, yeah. yeah, here we um, are. Big deal. But, you know, <laughs> with with Jamie Dixon, the the year that we're talking about, obviously, he's he's been at TCU at that point. Uh, he's a senior. He is a legitimate sharpshooter. He's like the original yeah. TCU sharpshooter. Yeah. Uh, that tradition has been carried on by very <laughs> few people, but most recently, Desmond Bain. Shout out to Mr. Muscle. Yeah, oh, should have been a man. Current, we're not going to talk about the Mavericks' mistakes on this podcast. I'm holding, I'm withholding that my opinion there. Current Memphis Grizzly, obviously Desmond Bain, future Rookie of the Year. Condolences um, <laughs> to Zion. Tur- turned him into a fine powder very recently. Desmond Bain did, uh, but, but I think I think Dixon shot like I don't have it right in front of me. I think I can find it quickly. Uh, you don't need I, to find it. Just tell us what it is. I think he shot like 45%. Yeah, that sounds right. Deep yeah. that year, which was astounding. For and, and he's coming off of. Basketball. Yeah, he's coming off of one of the greatest moments in TCU basketball history and one of the, the best, like, m- one of the most underappreciated moments in college basketball history. Yes. His ridiculous. You know, three like quarter court shot against Texas to uh, to to beat the Longhorns in Fort Worth with a he was fouled, just FYI, mm-hmm. um, three pointer from well beyond uh, the arc. I think they had the three point line at that point in time. I'm not entirely sure, but pretty sure it existed. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it did. It did. You know, people most most sports fans if it didn't. I mean, it did, right? Like we know that in the eighty six, eighty seven season, the three point line existed. I'm fairly certain it didn't wasn't instituted that year for the first time. Uh, but people, sports fans, know like the miracle that like that's a hockey thing, right? Like that's USA beating Russia in hockey. Uh, but in reality, the true miracle was that in 
1986 and 87, or I guess 1985, 86, uh, Jamie Dixon hit a three-pointer against Texas to beat the Longhorns to win the Southwest Conference for TCU. Uh, as the miracle is, in fact, that TCU at one point in time won a conference championship in basketball. Yeah. That's the miracle. Yeah. yeah. And I just let you know that uh, we don't usually fact check, but I just looked it up. The three college three-point line was instituted April 2nd, 1986. My goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Was it really? Yeah, so, so in 86, like, yeah. I'm looking at his college so, stats right now, and he was not – there's no three-point stats. It didn't come in until 86, 87. So when he hit so that shot, that was a long shot. two. That was a two-point shot that he just heaved two. into yeah. the night. He, That's brilliant. Because they only won by one, and they were down one. Yeah. Wow. You want to know what Jamie Dixon's uh, stats were in his last two seasons at TCU? So that, that year that he hit the shot, as we refer to it in Horn Frog Country, um, he averaged 10, 10 and a half points a game, four and a half assists a game, and almost three rebounds. So he was he was a pretty solid, pretty solid guy. He was he was shooting just about fifty percent from the field, just just slightly under fifty percent from the field. So it wasn't oh like he was a super duper star. Yeah, the season that we're going to talk about, he upped his averages to twelve point three points a game. And was averaging five and a half assists and one point three steals per game, so pretty pretty solid numbers. And in his first year with the three point shot, he shot a ridiculous forty five percent from beyond the arc. And the first year the three point shot existed. Probably why none of his teams score more than sixty points a game nowadays. Yeah, that that explains a ton. Hey Matt, go drink a glass of milk. (laughs) It explains a ton. No, but. To only talk about Jamie Dixon because this TCU basketball team was actually kind of stacked. Uh, they were they were a, a really senior laden team. Uh, Carvin I've Holcomb. Never heard of any of them, but they were good. No, they were very good. Carvin Holcomb, uh, first guy that you probably have never heard of. Uh, was a guard. Uh, he was six five, uh, and he he averaged like almost eighteen points a game. Like this guy was tearing through the Southwest Conference, which really at this point in time was not like. <laughs> the the most difficult top to bottom conference to actually work your way through. There were some really, really good teams, right? You got I think Oklahoma was really good. Baylor was decent. Texas was, you know, always decent. Um but like I mean you also had like Arkansas who I think was pretty poopy and you know Texas Tech which this yeah. this was too early for the the good Arkansas years, right? Like the good Arkansas yeah, years, no, the early I mean, no, early nineties. No wasn't showing up in ninety nineties. Like yeah, 90s. I remember because yeah. I remember Corliss Williamson, a Sacramento Kings yeah. legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was also Arkansas yeah. Razorbacks national championship. So uh, you know, Melissa, I grew up a Razorbacks fan, right? So like, Ooh, I, I, was, I forget that you married a Red Raider and you grew up a Razorback fan. I did. Look, every person is flawed. That's what we know from an early age. Like everybody is flawed, but we have hope for for, for folks. And I, I wound up in reach to you uh, for you know if I got there as quickly as I could. But so shout out to Nolan Richardson. Shout out to Forty Minutes of Hell. Shout out absolutely to Corliss Williamson. Mm-hmm. Anderson. Yeah, hell yeah. We, I, I feel I, before we move on here, I feel like we need to talk about the TCU roster as an all name candidate because we have a dude named Carvin. It is we have sad. a Larry. Yeah, mm-hmm. Larry. Just Larry. First of all, is about is a college athlete name. It's great. Mm-hmm. But Carl. Carl. It's always an Carl. exceptional. Good to see you. We've got like you've got a Norman. 
You've got a mafia member. You've got Tony Papa on your team, right? Like, yeah, Tony Papa, like, he might kill your whole family. He might, might not, or he might, you know, average four and a half points a game in a basketball season. We've got a dude whose last name is Jacques, but his first name is Rod. (laughs) What? Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 His team, his last name is Jacques. Pretzel. This whole roster J A C Q U yes yeah, and then Mortimer and like anytime you can get a Mortimer and a Stinchcomb like this this like this does not sound like a team. Kurt, yeah, and then Kurt, not and not good Kurt, not the Kurt Thomas that you know was a TC legend. No, this is just this is poor man's Kurt. Kurt scored zero points all year long. Kurt was probably a walk on. I'm guessing like he averaged point three rebounds a game though. Hey, you know what? Get yours. Get yours. Rising Hoover. John, yeah, that's it. yeah, this is John Wall's John Wall's uh, pop up. Um, and Tony Parker's dad. John Wall's yeah. and Tony Parker's. Randy. Like yeah. when you talk about all eighties, like college basketball team names, like TC is a top five. Without a doubt. Look. I I just I personally love that uh they had no one that was uh, I, I guess I don't know. I think of basketball now and or or five or six years ago, and I think of like seven footers banging in the paint, like yeah. uh, you know, like this kind of grinded out super physical game. And then you look at the TCU roster and it's like the tallest guy was Tony Papa, he was six nine. They had a couple guys who were six eight, six seven. There's no six, three nine, average line. three average three rebounds. Right? So I mean, they got they got a guy named Norman who's like the leading rebound. Uh, Norman and Larry were the two best rebounders on the team. You know, personally, I it's want to know more about names. Carl Lott because Carl Lott led this team in scoring. It well, tell us about points him. a game. Tell us about Carl. So no, Carvin Holcomb was the leading leading scorer. He had almost no. eight, he was eighteen. Oh, he's almost eighteen. So so Carvin was the man, but Carl was was second. Um, what do we know? What do we know about Carl? Um, not a lot. Carl was really honest. Carl was a bench player. Carl Carl came off the bench. I do believe so. He came off the bench and he was dropping sixteen a game. Six man of the year. You gotta have scoring potential on the bench, right? Like this is why the Mavericks have recently moved yeah. uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. to the bench, much to his, uh, you know, uh, you know whatever. Chagrin. Yes, was- thank you. Much to his chagrin. <laughs> thank you for finishing that for me. <laughs> You know, you've got to have scoring on your second unit or you're just going to get steamrolled. Melissa, was you Carl are not the, the Manu Ginobili before Manu Ginobili? He might have been. You know, here, I'm like, Carl I'm Lott. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out some information to. about him. I feel like. Oh, that shows up the lot trophy. Yeah, I think he might have a kid who plays. A Carl yeah, it's really hard to find information about Carl Lott. Like, I have not... found his TCU page. Okay, it is that's... it on the actual official TCU website. It is completely blank. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing yeah. up there. How do you welcome average... to my welcome this to dude... my life prepping? For this show. Yeah, that's... how do you average over 16 points and you're the second leading assist guy on a team that makes it farther than any team has made it in the last 25 years, 30 years, and the, 30, and 35 years? Dick... In the Jamie Dixon buzzer beater game, he notched a career high eighteen points. Or game high, sorry, not career high. I won't tell some short. Game high so, eighteen points. He scored so, twenty seven points uh, to to lead TCU to a win over Montana. Oh, 
You, you on never, March 11th. You could never take a Montana win for granted. So right, he was I, coming off. He was coming off the bench for games we have box scores for, which were like later in the season after he broke his finger. So it's possible he was starting. Finger. Oh, he's the middle finger guy. He's the middle yeah. finger guy. You know what? I I respect him already. I I found the uh, the 2011 TCU basketball program. I'll read it to you. And it's two seasons. They they go. We remember. These okay, are the this the we, we remember we sex. Out, though, oh, read stuff? Is he alive still? Is this like a re- we yeah. remember because he's dead? No, no, no. I think it's your lack of information to put in yeah. your program, so you the just go pick You can only talk about Kurt Thomas so often. Yeah, the last time that Matt read us something, we got oral heat. So, like, I'm I'm ready for this. <laughs> uh, well, the t- yeah, no, the TCU program had to back this up, so this is this is more helpful, I think. And it's two seasons with the program. We only played two. Okay. Uh, back-to-back Southwest Conference championships. Uh, first team All-Southwest Conference in his first season. Second overall and player of the year that year. Wow. And he was preseason uh, player of the year, so he really underachieved the season we're about to talk about. Uh, but led, 16 points a game. But, yeah, but led them to the tournament leading 16.1. That is all you – all the knowledge of Carl Lott that's out there. All I need drafted. To know. First of all, I just found this out. He was drafted in the fifth round of the NBA draft. Thank you. <laughs> NBA player. The Cleveland, by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, and he, uh, I think, was cut pretty quickly because then it shows that the next year he was playing in Israel. Hey, make your money, Carl. Huh. Get paid. Get paid. Kean Anderson, Get paid. TCU basketball legend, uh, is Kean still Anderson. playing Euroball overseas that dude has made a ton of money is thriving nobody nobody took more bad shots than Keen anderson and nobody was more entitled to take more bad shots than Keen anderson he was literally the only scorer we had for his I entire i think he time. averaged 30 30 attempts per game i'm fairly i sorry. remember <laughs> i remember at one point for frogs war i did like a series of ranking the best tcu basketball like player like the all-time tcu basketball team. short list yeah it was, you know it's like it's kurt thomas it, this is before Desmond. This is pre Desmond Bain. Yes, Carl. Uh, it was Kurt Thomas. It was uh, <laughs> a. What's N A mean? They know Not what a sport, but just no date. <laughs> date. Not applicable. Very, very he clearly. Three hundred and twelve years like, old. Yeah, um, very clearly before Arkansas kept track of who was born in their state. I, you know, I feel as, like that's not not applicable. Is not a good moniker for birth date for like birth. maybe unknown I mean, we, or like yeah something. we know he lived it was <laughs> wait, like wait. his birth applicable. is applicable hey, look if, wait. if you have any additional information you'd like to contribute to any player profile wait. here hold on hey, Can look. We go over to the right hand side at ted lucanville's comment i miss you pops god bless you <laughs> <laughs> my goodness we have Anyways. already gone off the off the rail <laughs> Keenan Anderson, relatable. Uh, I couldn't make it through the roster, but shout out Keenan Anderson for having fun. So, anyways, I got absolutely flamed for like putting Keenan Anderson as one of the starters on this like all time TCU basketball list because it was like right after he graduated. Everyone was mad at him because he didn't win twenty games a year as the only good basketball player on the team. and, we were and playing my, at a freaking high school. Gym. High school Wilkerson Grinds Arena, which is like a Fort Worth independent school district stadium. And the dude was 
like laying his life on the line every time he stepped on the court. Yeah. Um, shout out to Keenan Anderson. A real one. Man. A real, one. A real, a real one. one. The original hustle player of, of the 2000s. Oh, God, this is empty again. <sighs> Another why, why Russian number can't do two? No, can't do it. I, this was a double. I got a, I got a long day tomorrow. Get some, go grab yourself some milk and settle in. <laughs> we're just getting started. Russians. Warm have you shut the hell up. <laughs> Man. So anyway. Uh, oh, my God. TCU basketball. <laughs> I think that was a thing. We were talking about the 1987 draft, right? Carl Lott, obviously, what a steal in the fifth round to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Can you name for me, please, the number one overall pick in this NBA draft? Was it Carl Malone? No, I will give you his nickname. Yeah. The Admiral. Mm. Tim Duncan? No. David Robinson. David Robinson. (laughs) Oh, that's what I meant. David, how many... (laughs) Are you sure that wasn't a triple white run? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Reggie Robinson. Miller went 11th overall. Muggsy Reggie Bo Miller's looking good tonight. Good tonight. <laughs> Mark J. And boom goes the dynamite. Scotty Pippen. Summers. Fifth overall. No wonder Carl Lott never had a shot. No. That was a I mean, draft. Is that an all-time great draft? Yeah, the Admiral's an all-time great draft. But those five guys, he would have been a first rounder. Yeah, top five, yeah. top five name nickname of all time. And yeah. as someone who hates the Spurs, you can't do anything but respect David Robinson. You really can't. And Tim Duncan, you can't hate Tim Duncan. I can. I can very easily hate Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan, the Admiral. Yeah. <laughs> I too hurt my middle finger. Um, <laughs> Just now, actually. She's out from the late eighties and the late nineties. Uh, She's out for a whole month. Horace Grant. Yeah. The Wake Forest Naval Academy. 10th overall to uh, – where did he go? 10th he overall went 10th to overall. Chicago. Yeah. He, he was before Scotty? Here's the he, – all right. Here's the top 15. Yeah. He, he's like legit for Jordan's teams. Like yes. he's early on. Horace? Uh-huh. Yeah, he was, he yeah. was a huge piece David, of the puzzle. David Robinson won overalls. Armin Gilliam. Dennis Hobson. Never heard of him. Reggie Williams. Den- De- no, Dennis Hobson had some good years. Eh, Not okay. many, Scotty but he had a couple. Griffin. Kenny Smith went six overall. Kevin oh, Johnson, Alden Hopkins, Derek okay, McKee. Wait. wait a minute. Wait a minute. We cannot I skip past Ken, Kevin Johnson and Olden Polonies. Kevin Johnson, Polonies. the mayor, and Fair. Olden Polonies lived down the street from me and played for the Sacramento Kings. We were neighbors. And um, I used to see him walking his dogs all the time. Oh, you love to see it. Uh, well, he was drafted by Chicago. Chicago had two top 10 picks in this draft. Way to go, sh- way to go, Bulls. Uh, Derek McKee, Horace Grant, Reggie Derek Miller, Muggsy Bowes, all right. Magic, Magic Muggsy. Muggsy. I, went, I once went to a basketball camp with Horace Grant and Muggsy Bogues. They were like hosting a camp in Dallas. I've signed pictures. the tallest person there. Wait. I was in basketball camp. Grade. I was in fifth grade and I was as tall as Muggsy Bogues. And yeah. I was like, I can make it, guys. I can get there. I can get to the league. And you then I not. also basically stopped growing. Uh, and it just never manifested for me, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, some 50, guy, 50 named, shot. You and Muggsy. guy named uh, Mark Jackson was drafted in this first round of this draft, right? Church camp. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, my God. <laughs> Look. So is this 86, 80, 
86 87 season gonna start at some point. <laughs> yeah let's do that let's actually talk about why we're here let's let's, let's get into it what, what? There, wait I, wait, like, wait wait here's why, the thing, here's the thing about wait but hold on why is, we're talking about very ICU basketball on a college basketball <laughs> history podcast the real question is why are we included like that's actually I'm going to be I'm going to be honest with you. I do not have the mental capacity for that level of existentialism think, right now. I think they just thought I we gotta, were funny gotta, last time. I we're we in have crisis no business. Mode. We have no We may release this here. unedited the whole thing just yeah just this, is this is TCU basketball. This is TCU basketball. an exclusively TCU basketball podcast. That is something this, that neither of us have ever done before. Episode <laughs> 7. Oral heat, the clusterfuck. Like that's the name of the podcast. Like we spent more time talking about Iowa State basketball. And, in and the pre-meeting, we did. That's totally fair. And we should have. You know why? Iowa State actually has basketball history. TCU basketball is literally Jamie Dixon in this season that we're talking about. Kurt <laughs> Thomas, Kenrich Williams, and Desmond Bain. That's the whole thing. That's all of it. And we Remember can cover when we it. won and I just we'd won a national championship. And you and I were like, oh, should we go to New York? Should we go to New York? And we didn't go. And then we regretted it forever because we knew that was the last important game TCU had ever win. We want a we want a NIT title at Madison Square Garden, and that's like the pinnacle yeah. of achievement yeah. for this program. So I went in, to Detroit to watch us lose in the first round against Syracuse of the NCAA tournament. Oh my god! You want to talk about more time, shooting performances? Spent like, more time rebooking my flight than I did watching the game. Was, remember, I thought about driving. Yeah. I thought about driving from Fort Worth, Texas to Detroit, Michigan I'm glad for an NCAA didn't. tournament game. It would have taken me two days just to here's get there to watch. Here's why it was worth it. Detroit pizza, super underrated. Absolutely. So good. So good. There's yes. no way I'm yes. that. There is oh, no way. my God. Thunderbird pies in Fort Worth from Cane Rosso. Just stop me there. Just the best. Speaking of Cane Rosso, they had a good tweet. Last week during this, the no, they storm. had such a good tweet. Did y'all see? You'll probably didn't see this. So, Kane Rosso, you you probably heard this can be cut. Yeah, I don't follow them. You, no, you, you, you I should. Don't know why you, you should. But you probably heard the news about one of TC, one of one of TCU's one of Texas's senators going to Cancun. Anyways, back to Kane Rosso and pizza. Um, you know, Ted Cruz goes to Cancun, right? And then this this like local DFW pizza chain. Uh, tweets out and they go, if you haven't fucking gone to Cancun this week in the middle of an ice storm, uh, why don't you try this like 75% off, uh, use this like code for 75% off pizza next week when, when things thaw out again. Uh, and so like everybody has been going to Cane Rosso for like the last yeah. eight days, basically. Also the best pizza that you can get at DFW. And I will, I will this is true. This is true. Yeah. Especially the Cane Rosso right down the street from Heim. Yeah. On Tuesdays, yeah. the 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 Heim bastard. Oh my gosh, with the bacon burn ends uh, on it. Yeah. Yeah. Texas barbecue. Anyways, this is an episode about TC basketball. Honestly, the barbecue's better, but and it's fine. We've we've pretty much reached the end of mine and Melissa's knowledge of TC basketball <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Um, of, of a historical TC basketball. <laughs> So, um, 1986. That season. Yeah. 1987 TCU basketball starts one and two, not promising. You know, coming off of a conference championship win in the Southwest Conference regular season title, 
thank you, Jamie Dixon, for what TCU fans know as the miracle or the shot or whatever it is. That 35 point, that 35 foot bank shot getting fouled. No call. Standard for TCU basketball. No calls in favor of TCU basketball are allowed. It is just like a, a biblical rule, basically. Uh, he makes that. TCU wins. They come into the next season. They're unranked again. Disrespect, if you don't mind me saying. Uh, and it's like, all right, they start one and two, and everyone's thinking. Wait, can we hold on? Can we time out? Yeah, I was on a roll, but Let's, sure. I know, I know. Melissa's <laughs> used about three of her five <laughs> allotted timeouts. Yes, yeah, you're out of timeouts. Like, um, Love her. So I understand. Oh, flags and Don't don't crush over me. Don't do it. Don't do it. I understand you're on a roll, but I think it's really important that we point out that this is the state of TCU basketball. We are talking about what historically is the best TCU basketball season we could come up with. And this is a team that in their first three games lost to Western Kentucky and Lamar. So I, I felt like Look, that was a really, really Lamar important was, interjection. You don't want to play as Lamar, Lamar, okay? You know one wants to go to Lamar. You don't want to travel. You don't want to travel to Montaigne Center early in the season. We are naturally underdogs at TCU. Uh, You cannot have a successful TCU season unless the chip has firmly been placed on the shoulder. And so I really kind of think of it more as like Jim Killingsworth strategically thinking that if we're going to go anywhere this year, we have to lose to Lamar and Western Kentucky. Right? Like we're going to beat LSU out of the gate just to show everyone what we're actually about. But then, so I have some motivational material moving forward. We're going to lose to Western Kentucky and Lamar. And then, boom, I'm going to hit them with every kind of little motivational quip. I'm going to needle the crap out of them because they just lost to Lamar, you know. Some so galaxy it's a brain. Thing. It's a shame. Galaxy for- brain well, look, at, look at what TCU did right after. I, they rattled off 14 in a row, right? Like they uh-huh. just went on a on a run here. And I mean, they're beating powerhouses like Tulsa, Cal State Long Beach. They whip up on Arizona State. They beat Michigan State, which actually was probably a, <laughs> a pretty good win. Uh, and then they then they start the Southwest Conference schedule. And right there in a row, Oklahoma State, they win by like, uh, what is that? Uh, almost thir- 31. They beat Oklahoma State by 31. They beat number six overall Oklahoma by 13. They... Go to Arkansas and win. You just don't go into Arkansas. You don't go into Fayetteville and just win. They beat Baylor. They beat A&M. They beat SMU. They beat Texas. They beat Texas Tech. They beat Houston. They beat Rice. They beat Arkansas again. Right? Like, they're just absolutely steamrolling the Southwest Conference, as they should, when you have guys like Tom Mortimer and Brian Stinchcomb coming off the bench. Larry. Stinchcomb. Stinchcomb. What did I say? Stim? Did I put an M in there? That's my bad. Oh no, it's right. Just like I mean, times fast. When, when you've got a Brian Stinchcomb and a Chris Risenhoover on your team, like you're just others can't compete. Excuse me, Raw Jock. Give him his respect. Put some respect on his name. <laughs> no, the, the one who the one who deserves the most respect is the Godfather himself, Tony Papa. Papa. <laughs> Tony Papa. Chef Tony Kiss. Papa. Yes, absolutely. But you know, this 14 game winning streak wasn't, or was it 13? It was 14. It was 14. You tell uh, us. You know, 
I, it was sure 14. We'll go with that. That's, that's it. That's sure. what it is. <laughs> Guys, I don't think you understand how stretched I am right you now. You are, you are writing 14. TCU history right now. Was it four? Did you just count? It was four. I did count, I think. Okay. Okay. I was months old when this was happening. So this isn't I don't, like. I don't need that. I don't need that in my life. I'm like, I don't need you to remind me that you're younger. You were already learning your multiplication tables when the season was happening. I was literally being carried around because I was a helpless baby. I understand that this is an audio only format, but I just want you to see this. I just... <laughs> we're going to get to Carl lot right here in a second, Melissa, <laughs> because he too injured his middle finger. RIP. We think. Yeah. I don't know. We don't even know his birth. Nobody was born, so we don't know when he the died. The internet doesn't tell it's us not applicable. His birth was. I'm going to click on his name here on Basketball Reference, and we're going to just see. I can't click on his name. It's not linked. <laughs> no hyperlink. There's no hyperlink. There are two guys <laughs> in the round five of the 1987 draft whose names are hyperlinked. Brad, <laughs> Ron Grandison and Bart uh, Kofoed. Bart. From the uni- from the University of Nebraska at Kearney. <laughs> he averaged one and a half points over 111 career games. I think Matt is watching Bart's highlights right now. His nickname was in. His nickname was Joe Paluka. Anyways. <laughs> what? We, we're going back. We're I'm Jeremy, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. Jeremy, this is the worst episode you this ever is, recorded. No, this is, no, this is perfect. This is, but it's still comedy gold. Gold. It's so good. God, okay. Gold, Jeremy. But, uh, you know, here's, Melissa, the whole reason that, that they invited us back. They had such a good time yeah, it giving us – Yeah, TCU basketball. Yeah. They, they had so much good – they had such a good time giving us crap about Baylor. Uh, when we talked about the 2014-2015 uh, TCU yeah, football season. Lo and behold, TCU goes on this 14-game winning streak. They're absolutely torching the entire Southwest Conference. They're winning games yeah. by double digits left and right. Yeah. And then there on February 4th, 1987, you know, f- four-month-old Jamie sits down uh, in front of the television hell. and <laughs> watches TCU get absolutely shafted by the referees. This is the first time that I am, you know, exposed to referee bias. And TCU loses a basketball game in Waco, 69-63. to 63. Let's talk about where. In At Waco. the Heart of Texas Coliseum. That was the actual name of the facility. The Heart of Texas. <coughs> Not of. O apostrophe Coliseum. That's great. You know, as, as the proprietors of Frogs O War. O War. It upsets me that there is anything even remotely connected with something that Baylor has once hey, tried. You know what the heart of Texas Coliseum isn't? Frogs. Verified, verified on Twitter. Twitter. Mm. Here it is. Take that. Flex. Heart of Texas Coliseum. Also, can we, Coliseum. Talk, can we talk about how many stadiums were just Coliseums in the 80s? All of them. Except for Every Rice's. Except for Rice's Tudor Fieldhouse. Uh, Houston had the Hoff Heinz Pavilion. Uh, the Maravich Art- Assembly Center, which is a serve, or EA Diddle Arena. So we're, we're down to hot, 
hot hot verbiage or whatever and the diddle arena. Like I, the eighties were a wild heat. time. Oral Oral heat Overlook and the is diddle. Yeah. <laughs> Overlook is Cal State Long Beach, the gold mine. That's <laughs> solid. Honestly, uh, is yeah. that still their stadium name? I hope it is. I don't. Know. That is don't that's a it solid. Is. It is now. Yes, it will forever be the gold mine. Yeah. So you know. So you were talking about Baylor. Uh, yeah, it no. always comes back to Baylor, doesn't it? I mean, really, truly, because I mean, if you think about it, Melissa, like the the things that Baylor fans tend to hang their hat on the most. Uh are those wins over another school that really doesn't care about them that much. So it's really Texas, Texas A&M, name the other Texas university. Baylor will hang banners Mm -hmm. for beating in-state schools. And in-state schools will look at Baylor and just say, really? But what are you? Like, what are, who, who are you? Because Baylor, as we all know, is a dumpster. It's in a dumpster town. It has bad people that go there. I'm going to get in trouble for saying all this, probably, by people that I know in real life, but I don't care. Here we are. Baylor sucks. Mm -hmm. It is the oral heat of Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Offering up virtually nothing. Hardly ever is it a satisfying experience. <laughs> really, really, you're just thinking to yourself, I could be almost anywhere else. And yet, here we are in Waco. You know what I would think of Baylor as? The what? milk of college football. Let's not disrespect milk. You have like, to have it as a young person. No. Like, it has to exist. It has to be in the conversation. But it's overpriced. Overrated. It's millennial Melissa here with her top shots and her anti-milk campaigns. It's her trying to relate to the next generation. But let me, if if anything, if we're going by like types of milk, then we're going to say like Lubbock. Skim milk. Skim milk. DFW, probably like 2%. We can give Austin whole milk. Sure. Hippies, whatever. Austin is not home milk. Austin is like that organic shit you buy in the glass bottles that you have to turn in for recycling. Oat milk. Sure, sure, sure. Baylor is oat milk. A thousand percent. Uh, No, I like oat milk because as you get older, you start to realize you become more lactose intolerant. Intolerant? (laughs) When you get older, you also start making up words. Listen, I've had. You also, a re- you also remember the 1986 TCU basketball season, Matt? <laughs> it was the. Did I tell you guys about uh, what's his face's injury? Because he hurt his little <laughs> finger on his right what's hand. His, what's his <laughs> face? <laughs> Don't. So, uh, Baylor, right? so much like the 71 is going to get me fired. 71 to 68 happened, right? In 2014. 61 to 58. They made 61 to 58. <laughs> Anyone to 68? Did I add 10 points to both team scores? Yes, it's because I'm looking at this. It's because I'm looking at 69 to 63. That's my bad. Thank you. Um, like they pro- Baylor probably made towels that had 69 to 63 printed on them after the 1986 87 yeah. season. And then they waved they them were, around. Were they uh, wearing at a game day game shirts? Where they, where they weren't even playing TCU, but that's the score they decided to print on the towel for that game that they were playing against, like Texas or Oklahoma or someone else. Did they lose that game? 
They did lose that game. They were talking trash about a game that they had won the year prior against a team that they weren't even playing currently, uh, and then they lost. February February fourth, nineteen eighty seven. No, so we have to do this. They, this is the reason that they've asked us back. We are inchworming our way towards oral heat right now. Oh, so more use of that. I literally, just, I literally just spit whiskey in my end of my eyes. <laughs> I 100% understand that you're not going to air this, and it's okay. Like it's. <laughs> okay, I'm choking. Pulling our stuff together right now. We can do this. Jeremy, right, everyone take everyone take a deep breath. Oh my god, we're still yeah. under pressure points. February fourth, nineteen eighty-seven. <sighs> TCU heads into Waco with a 14-game winning streak, and everyone's looking forward to it. TCU's already beaten Baylor once this year, right? 71 to 56. They kind of thumped them at the DMC, as we like to call it, Daniel Meyer Coliseum. Until very recently. Now it's the Sholly and Rachel Meyer Arena. But TCU heads to Waco. 14-game winning streak. They're like like 15 and 2 on the season. Uh, and they were winning at halftime. TCU had the, the lead at halftime, 31-29. to 29. And they had a, a pretty substantial lead in the second half. Like, a, a, it was a three-possession game at some points. Like, they're consistently leading in this game. Uh, and then with, like, two and a half minutes left, and before this recording started, we talked about, like, the curse of TCU basketball in the last two and a half minutes of games. It... It did not originate in the 2000s. It did not originate when Jamie Dixon was the head coach. This has like been a consistent theme of TCU basketball throughout the program's history. They can't close games for whatever reason. It just doesn't happen sometimes. And that was the case against Baylor, right? They, they're winning with two minutes and 34 seconds left. And then all of a sudden, Baylor takes like a six-point lead. In less than two minutes of game time, Baylor has a seven-point swing in their advantage. Jamie Dixon hits like a, a big three-point shot, which, as we discovered earlier, this is the first year that the three-point line existed in college basketball. That's kind of cool. I feel really old. It's okay. Everybody goes through this. I'll tell you what I tell old people at my church all the time. Just hold on to those good memories. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't say that. I would be the worst. I would, that would be the worst. Hey, that, how badly does it screw you guys there. over if I just leave? Like I, I gotta go. I just I don't like Jamie. It's fine. You, I, we all know that at this point. Um, this is the war shit. of frogs of war. Frogs of war this of Jamie. This is break. This is this is this is the Yoko moment for for frogs of war. Um, anyways, like every good TCU Baylor sporting event, this one also ends in controversy. Last time, the controversy was the very blatantly missed pass interference call. This time, it was uh, the fact that Baylor fans just... Uh, oh, no, th- that wasn't this. That was... Yeah, that was this. Right? Where they rushed the court too early? Tell us. I don't remember, man. I was five months old. Four months old at this point. Uh, so I had never heard of TCU. So it's true. Northern Northern California didn't air too many TCU basketball TCU basketball games. Uh, I was watching Notre Dame at this time of my life, actually. Nice. They're coming yeah. up soon in this conversation. But uh, so Jamie Dixon hits a three with like 
20 something seconds left. It's like his seventh three pointer of the game. He is absolutely a machine from beyond the arc. The original three point machine, if you will, in TCU history. Shout out to Desmond Bain. That's obligatory at this point in time. That's one. That's the first, I think, actual Desmond Bain reference on this uh, episode. Uh, and then with 15 seconds left, TCU gets a steal. Dixon gets the ball again. He was fouled. He makes the free throws. It's a one point game with like 15 seconds left, right? Everybody thinks ball in. TCU might pull this out. They don't. Jamie Dixon gets fouled, uh, and they don't call it. Um, and after the game, he was pretty diplomatic. And Melissa, you and I have had chances to talk to to Dixon as the head coach of TCU frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he is a generally diplomatic guy. Very much so. So it's not it's not shocking that after like even as a player, that was kind of his mo. I I really enjoy Jamie Dixon. Because I truly think that he is just an authentic human being. Like, you can list faults of any human being on the planet, sure. Uh, but there is something to be said for someone who is just kind of naturally authentic and genuine uh, in public. Uh, that doesn't happen, I think, very frequently, especially in 2021. Yeah. I just remember, like, the fir- like his introductory press conference uh the sports information director at the time like asked us all to introduce ourselves to him as we asked our first question. And I said, coach Dixon, it's Jamie Punkett from frogs of war. And he looked at me and he's like, Oh, Jamie, it's a Jamie. Cool. And so we have like the Jamie connection that not too many. Yeah. Guys have. He always refers to me by name on press uh-huh. conferences, which I really appreciate about him. Like yeah. he like, cause I think he also knows that not many people are covering TC basketball. So he does appreciate those of us that do. Yeah. I mean, he th- every every win, every loss, every single time that he steps into the press room after a game, <laughs> one of the first things that he says to the media folk in the room is, thanks for being here. Yeah. I appreciate that you're here. Shout out to the fans. We're so glad that they showed up. Uh, you know, like he genuinely does appreciate the people who pay attention uh, yeah. to what's going on. Um, and and that's a thing that I think a lot of coaches at bigger schools with bigger basketball programs say for granted, you know, like Bill Self will thank fans after like rivalry games, uh, shout out the crowd. You were, you were extraordinary, that kind of thing. As far as I've seen, Jamie Dixon is the only one that thanks people after every single game. Yeah. Appreciate you being here. Thanks for covering us. No matter what. So, you know, even when he was an undergrad as a senior in this season, He's coming off of a, a pretty heartbreaking loss to a rival school. He's left it all out there. He scored, you know, 30-something points in this game. And he comes out, and he was fouled with no call. And he basically says, he pushed me. You know, I thought they would have to call that, but they didn't. And then, you know, that. what else can you possibly say, right? Like, I thought they were going to call it. They didn't call it. And then the insinuation there, right, is like, all right, we got to move on. Um, but uh, Jim Killingsworth... TCU's basketball coach at the time. Killer Frogs. Killer Frogs. That's where that phrase originates from. Uh, was less diplomatic. And I love that, frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you've got like a, an encore, there are so many things that, that like Jamie Dixon and then Desmond Bain, like w- one of the greatest things that TCU, people who cover TCU, when Desmond Bain was an undergrad is like how incredible of an interview Desmond Bain was. Mm -hmm. 
right? Like he could speak authentically and honestly, and there was always kind and patient. And I remember at one point Desmond Bain got asked literally about his muscles in a post game press conference. <laughs> yeah. Did you ask that question, Jamie? I didn't. I didn't. It was. It he was, said, how did you get them and can I touch them? It was it weird. Was, like, it was I, very I remember, unprofessional. I remember who asked the question. They were sitting right behind me. and I, Ah, convenient. I, they, were, they were the paper of record. They were from the paper of record. I'll, that's all I'll say. Um, so I, I, made tur- it. I turned around and everyone's like, what the hell is this guy asking? And he goes, so just tell, you know, like you're, you're like a really good in shape guy. Like you've got great arms. It's I think how this guy let off. And he goes, just tell us, like, what do you do? Like, how, like, do you work out? Like, tell us about, like, your your routine. The weird thing is, is he wasn't talking to Desmond. He was talking to Jamie. Like, that was the weird part about it. I I wear baggy clothes all the time because I figured, like, my physique might make other people uncomfortable. And I just want to, like, be normal, you know? So, I I work out consistently. Uh, I... I, I feel like I have to say at this point I, I have a Peloton because I feel like it's like an automatic God. like you need to crossfitter, you have a Peloton. What, like you have to include it in the conversation at this point. Yeah, it's sorry. a different kind of anyways, oral heat right now. Yeah. I feel yeah, like anyways. it's I feel like it's a badge of honor in twenty twenty one to not do CrossFit or own a Peloton. And so I wear that badge with honor. Um uh, personally. That's just I like run down my block every once in a while when my seven year old gets too far on his bike. So <laughs> That's about the extent of my working out these days. So, Jamie, anyway, after you after you asked the question to Desmond Bain and turned around and said, "Who asked that? Who the um, hell?" I, did, I was doing like a bad. What was his response? Uh, he just like laughed and said, "Yes, I work out." Uh, and just, like, <laughs> legend. Uh, God, he's such a great human being. But anyways, it's just nice to see like that. Even in 1986, 87, Jamie Dixon was as much of a diplomat as like a an early in his early 20s as he is now as the head coach of TCU basketball and i love to think about like the wheels offness of a diplomatic senior who's like answering questions responsibly to the media and then jim killingsworth is there like act you know yeah. like, to speak in his mind right like i i imagine jim killingsworth is like with like a a cigar stub that's like burnt out for the last 30 minutes and he's just been chewing on it. And he's got like some residue of something like on the top of his shirt. And it's like untucked a little bit on the he side. Sounds- and he's just like waving his arms dramatically as he talks about how his team got screwed, which Killingsworth did a lot. He, he, you think TCU fan, you think fan bases generally talk about officiating. Now Jim Killingsworth went all in like pretty much all the time. Uh, in post game press conferences, and um, I mean he he came out after this Baylor loss and said Jamie got fouled, and down at the other end they knocked someone down on a charge, like he he just was like they fouled him, they fouled him, you know. And today that would probably be a fine, uh, but Killingsworth was out here just naming it like it was mm-hmm. in the late eighties. Oh, late eighties. I hate. Anyways, Baylor. yeah. So we 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 lost to Baylor. Whatever. Who cares? Heart of Texas Coliseum is a stupid name. It is a stupid. Um, name. it's just a dumb. Everything is stupid. We didn't lose again until Houston at home 
got trounced. Thrashed by Houston. Yeah, I'm going to assume that at that point we didn't have a whole lot to play for, and that's why we played the way that we did. It was like a rest right? night for the starters. Like you know, how yeah. NBA, you know how in the NBA on a back to back, like they'll rest players. I'm assuming that they literally rested everyone. Yeah, Carl was out. Maybe at that Carl point. was out. Oh, Carl yeah, Lott, that's, that's so yeah, Carl Lott misses like a month of this season. Carl with a broken middle finger. Uh, he comes back, I believe. Like yes, that one, the one that Melissa shows me frequently. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know why. I think it means something. I haven't figured it out yet. I but, just I uh, want you to remember Carl Lott. Yeah, true. She, Shout out to the OG the whole time. <sighs> Love it. Um, but I believe that. Carl Lott misses like the last half. He like he misses the Baylor game. He misses the loss against Houston and all the games in between. I think he comes back like against Marshall in the first round of the NCAA tournament. I think that's the first game back for him. I can't remember. I don't know. And and, and what do we know about that game? We won. Carl Lott. Shout he, out. That was to the success of the TC basketball team that season. Fourteen points. It's not like the guy did nothing. But oh. that was to this moment of this podcast being recorded and airing, if that happens, up in the air. It might not. Maybe you guys be significant <laughs> debate about whether, about whether this will air or not. Um, uh, that's the most recent NCAA tournament win for TCU basketball. The yeah. most recent win. Which is horrifying. March, March something, 1987. Six-month-old Jamie sitting there innocently, no siblings yet, not a care in the world. TCU basketball's on top, and that was the last time. That was the last time. That's I, really the story here. That's really the story. It's not that this team was good and they won a game in the NCAA tournament. It's, a, it's the last team to have oh. won a game in the NCAA tournament at TCU. Absolutely. You know, I being a four seed and losing to a five seed like TCU did the the following week to Notre Dame, like four seeds lose to five seeds often sure. in the NCAA tournament. That's not a story. Uh, that was a that was a heck of a game. Um, one point game, another game that ends in controversy. It feels like so many big games for TCU over the years have ended in controversy. Um, Jamie Dixon's right there, too. Jamie Dixon is in the middle of it, in the thick of things again, as any good diplomatic senior would be. Um, Melissa, I. When was the last time in your memory that TCU actually like caught an officiating break in basketball? I'm trying to think of one, and nothing comes to mind. I, I feel like every fan of every program probably thinks this way, sure, but it's sure. really hard to go back and find tangible proof that TCU has not consistently been screwed over by officiating, especially in big moments. Like I under, I understand like Kansas players getting the benefit of the doubt. I understand, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like Kentucky players or UCLA or North Carolina or Duke. Like I understand those programs getting the benefit of the doubt. But I mean, Notre Dame's not a basketball school. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, y'all saw, I, I, yes, I telegraphed my play there a little bit. I loved it. Um, but like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Notre Dame was a basketball school in the late eighties. I did. 
absolutely no research about Notre Dame coming into this podcast. Maybe that was my bad. Sorry, Matt. I just didn't. Oh, gosh. Digger's the only one to take us to the Final Four, but he also has a more than a handful of embarrassing losses. It feels like feels like 98% of college ba- college athletics just generally are like brief moments of success followed by just like unmitigated failure everywhere else. At least that, that's, that's, I say that to lessen the blow of being a fan of TCU basketball. Yeah. Uh, other people must feel this way too. I can't be alone. Certainly not. But so in this, in this game, right. Uh, Probably was supposed to be a close game. It's a four seed against a five seed. It's an NCAA tournament game. And for all of their flaws, typically the selection group, selection committee, typically gets it mostly right when it comes to seeding. It's not like football. It's not like the college football playoff. We've hashed that. We will continue to hash that as TCU folk. Uh, but the selection show, frankly, most of the time gets it right. We can debate bubble. We can debate all that kind of stuff now. But they mostly get it right. Uh, and so I'm going to assume that a four seed and a five seed that meet in the second round probably should. And it should probably be a close game. And it was, right? TCU only lost by a point. But it always seems like TCU gets shafted in one way or another in a close loss. And maybe that's my bias coming out. I was five months old when this game happened. I thought it was. I thought TCU got screwed. I thought TCU got screwed then, Stop it. and I had no affiliation with the team. Uh, so, you know, take that for what it's worth. But there's a controversial blocking foul at the end of the game. There's a loose ball. Dixon goes for it. Uh, David Rivers goes for it. They collide. They both go down. Dixon gets called for a blocking foul. It could have been a charge. Frankly, it probably could have been a no call. Um as physical as the game was in the late eighties. And we, we know we've just talked about the shot and the miracle, whatever you call it for TCU, where Jamie Dixon absolutely gets bodied as he drills a shot with no call. Mm-hmm. Um, could have probably been a no call. And yet they call it and rivers makes both free throws to move, to, to give Notre Dame the lead. And ultimately they win the game. Um, Shocker. Notre Dame believe- gets calls over TCU. I believe, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is where the phrase oral heat that we've already mentioned a couple times comes into play. Am I right? Yes. Apparently, Killingsworth, for all of the all of the tact that he had left in his very small bag of tact, was gone. Uh, and and like, think of like, think of think of Jim Killingsworth's tact as like the same size as those little uh, flower girl baskets where the like the, the four-year-old is like throwing the rose petals down the aisle at a wedding and she invariably will run out like two-thirds of the way down the aisle and so it's like tons of rose petals for the first 40 feet and then like three for the remaining 20 feet because she's just huh. so enthusiastic about throwing flower petals out. Jim Killingsworth uses up all of his tact I, in my mind, like the first 30 minutes of a, of a 40 minute basketball game. And so when you get to that point of controversy at the end of the game, he's got nothing left. He's just got to say what he's going to say because that's, that's all there is. 
Uh, I mean, the quote in this article of Killingsworth after the basketball game is, I think it's obvious how I felt about it. I'm pretty prejudiced. Like, like the guy, the guy has nothing left to like sugarcoat because he's, he's run out of all of it. And then the next line in this article, which uh, was written by Bruce Martin, uh, shout out to Bruce Martin. It was a special uh, to the Orlando Sentinel. Hello, Bruce. Killingsworth gave the officials some oral heat after the call. <laughs> While Killingsworth had no further comment wait, on the call. Wait, wait, wait. Can you start over, please? Killingsworth. Start up. I'll read it slowly. <clears throat> Killingsworth gave the officials some oral heat after the call. That's like a uh, pretty good broadcast beautiful. voice, right? Like, yeah. Like think so. I I was at the TCU Kansas State game the other day, and obviously with COVID restrictions, only so many Hi. people are allowed in the building, and uh, so you can hear everything that's going on. Basically, like you can hear both coaches shouting. You can some most of the time hear players like making specific calls out on the court, uh, and in this instance, you could very audibly hear a particularly drunk TCU fan just absolutely giving the Kansas State Center everything in the book. Just letting – not a single breath was taken to give this guy a break to the point where in like 15 minutes left in the second half, you think he said everything there is to say. He's got nothing – like there's nothing left to say to this guy. And the Kansas State player is like turning around because he can very clear this – clearly hear this guy that's like 30 feet away from him screaming at the top of his lungs, like pulling his mask down to shout at this guy. He's like laughing at this, at this fan in the stands as Kansas state, you know, constructs their first win of the 2021 year. Uh, just painful. Um, but it's like, that's oral heat, right? When everyone around you knows what you're saying, when people are like looking over their shoulder at you, like what? Like that guy is like, a little like too loud. Like fans at stadiums are supposed to be loud, but then they're everybody's encountered the person that's just like too loud. Like their voice travels a little too well. They say things that are just a little too eh, maybe you shouldn't say that. And so everyone kind of like, mm, I don't know. That's how I picture Jim Killingsworth at the end of this basketball game. Giving those officials some oral heat. Um <laughs> God, that's such a good phrase. Shout out to Bruce Martin. I don't know where you are now. I don't know if this is the same Bruce Martin that is now like, I think he's the coach of South Carolina basketball. Maybe it is. Who knows? Maybe Bruce, Jimmy, this how, is... how much should we try to work the phrase oral heat into our Frogs of War articles? Uh, I'm, I'm doing All a dedicated week. We're doing oral. It's like shark week, but it's oral heat week. week. <laughs> like History. Western Virginia, but better. A history of oral heat at TCU, and it's just Gary Patterson clips left and right. Talking it's about like, girlfriends. And you're blocking you know how, Twitter. You know how, you know how, <laughs> shocker. You know how we won that game? Speed, Blue check baby. mark, gone. You know, we talked to Levi. Uh, shout out Wide Right Natty Light. Uh, we talked to Levi about seeing who could lose their blue check mark the fastest. I mm. think oral heat might just do it. I could do it. Um, but yeah, Notre Dame head coach Digger Phelps. Shout out to Digger Phelps, by the way, for always matching his highlighter to his tie. 
on college basketball game day. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. I think that's great. That's his most redeeming quality. Um, and yes, that is intended to be an insult. Sorry, Matt, again, sorry. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, even Digger Phelps after this game goes, well, yeah, I thought it was a gutsy call. <laughs> I thought it was a gutsy call. As Rivers got bumped, he glided out of bounds. That is what looked deceptive on that call. Digger was feeling the oral heat. Digger Phelps knew that the officials got the call wrong and basically admitted it after the Oral heat. So you can't tell me that TCU basketball isn't cursed, right? Like Mm -hmm. Carl Lott is out here playing his heart out. He is laying it all on the line. He ties the game with like 15 and a half minutes left. And it's like, that's the, that's what TCU needed. They needed a a 12 foot basket from Carl Lott to really get the ball rolling. Norman Anderson is out here with putbacks, giving TCU a lead with 10 minutes left. Jamie Dixon is just doing Jamie Dixon things. Did you just say dicks? Is is that what you just said? That is in no way a nickname of Jamie Dixon. <laughs> it is now. Dix is out here making three point plays. We're we're making it happen. We're gonna make Dix happen. <laughs> and then oral heat. Just go back to oral heat. We're gonna pivot every time. Uh, you know, Dixon puts up puts CCU up seven points with uh you know, like six plus minutes left to play. Um, and then here again, we talked about late game antics uh, with the Baylor game, late game antics against Notre Dame cost TCU, uh, you know, compounded by poor officiating, which just really seems to, to be uh, uh an epidemic at the at the collegiate level, especially college basketball. There's it's especially just, Big Twelve basketball. Oh god, Big Twelve refs are so bad. I can't. This was like the precursor to Big Twelve refs. This game, TCU Notre Dame in 1987, um, and so you know TCU ends up losing a one point game on free throws made based on a controversial officiating call. Uh, I. Look, this is how TCU's best basketball season ever ends. Can we can we just note that like this is how the one of the most prominent TCU basketball teams loses out because they don't win a championship. The only time that happens is 2017 in the NIT when you know shout out to Brandon Parrish for his commitment to an abysmal TCU basketball team for four years. And then in his fifth year, he finally like experiences joy doing this, playing basketball. Like he finally gets a joyful experience other than that. Like this is the pinnacle of TCU basketball losing by one point to Notre Dame in the second round in part because of a poor officiating call. The fact that TCU was in the Southwest conference at the time has wandered in the desert and then finally found their way to the big 12 where the basketball program when we joined the big 12 was an absolute shambles. Um, some might say it still is. Uh, I mean, that's, that's what that's 34 years since TCU basketball has won a tournament game. That is like, <clears throat> have you ever seen the video 
of the Cleveland Browns fan who's standing outside the state, the factory of sadness video, it went viral several years ago. Yeah. Just like screaming at the stadium. And he says this line and, and it stuck with me as a Dallas sports fan. generally it. It is statistically harder to be this consistently bad than to accidentally occasionally be good. Like law of averages dictate that at some point you're just going to randomly like spike. Mm-hmm. And TCU basketball literally never has. The, the pinnacle of TCU basketball since winning that, that second round NCAA tournament game was winning the NIT in 2017. That's absolutely wild to me. Like think about how many other teams have lucked into the tournament and then lucked into a win. A a 16 seed beat a one seed more recently than TCU basketball has won an NCAA tournament game. Wow. Yeah. A one seed has lost a game. I don't like that. You're saying that. I I mean, (laughs) what else could we possibly talk about? Like we've already exhausted the whole season. TCU basketball had a very good year. They went like 26 and seven. They made it to the NCAA tournament as a four seed. Killingsworth complained his whole way through the season. They got to the tournament, and he said, you know, if we were in the Big Ten, we would have been ranked higher. I Sure, I don't know. The, I don't know. I don't know enough about Big Ten basketball in 1986 and 87 to say whether or not that, that was the case. But, you know, they were a four seed. They beat a 13 seed. They lost to a five seed. And, and everyone's like, oh, okay, well, you know, we graduate some guys, but maybe Killingsworth will have them back again next year. And ever since then, it's just been like, maybe, maybe, maybe next year. But no. Like, I, I kind of want to go back to being a frog fan. Like, I, I, it's this, it's 2014 college football playoff snub. It's, you know, having arguably the, the best college baseball team from 2011 to 2016 and not winning a title. Lots Thanks. Coastal, Coastal Carolina. Shout out Coastal Carolina and like one pitcher from Florida. No wonder you guys ask people to drink on these podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> because do, like doing this without, like out. yeah, doing this without would be tough. Really tough. So, if you were Gary Patterson, what would the motto have been for this basketball season? Oh, see, I'm glad we got to mantra, mantra. talk. Mantra talk is is something that you guys know I love. I think his motto for the 1986-1987 basketball team would be something along the lines of, you're going to get screwed eventually, so you might as well just play your heart out while you have the chance. Wait, no. I got this. Wait, wait, wait. You're going to get screwed eventually, so you might as well enjoy the oral heat. Bring, oh, can. yeah. Bring okay. the oral heat. If you bring the oral heat, it'll feel less like you got screwed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we, I think we still got to workshop that a little bit, but I think we're getting yeah. close. If you if, think if you that we're going to let you out of here without experiencing oral heat... You're out of your mind. If you thought, if you knew you were going to get screwed, would you still want to enjoy the oral heat? Mm. Wait, if come you for, come for Jamie Dixon, stay for Jim Killing World. Come Killing's for the dicks, stay for the oral heat. <laughs>
<laughs> also, I just want to again point out that both Jamie and I are responsible for shaping the young minds of tomorrow. So this is, what the fu- this is who the future is in the hands of. I, I, I will stand by a personal mantra of mine. Oral that, heat. That, it is not oral heat. That's Bruce Martin's personal mantra. <laughs> and now Frogs of War. I will tweet mantra. that out at some point. I'm going to tweet oral heat. I'm gonna say oh, that the next the time Dixon gets uh, next time Dixon gets worked up at an official, you I you better believe that I'm saying Dixon is giving this official some oral heat right now. I said something about a wad yesterday talking about women's basketball, so it's just where nice. we are. I mean, I I described Jamie Dixon in the loss to Kansas State as flapping his arms so hard he might fly away. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's just we're all over the place. We we are careening all over the highway and somehow we got a blue check mark out of it. I don't, know what's, I don't know what's going on. Uh, but like so, there was something about like a perimeter and oral heat, a perimeter around Jamie Dixon and oral heat. Like we're going to, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But, but yeah, this, this, this is the top of the mountain. For TCU, uh, other than like one elite appearance, elite eight appearance in 1968, like this is it for TCU basketball. A second round oust against Notre Dame, you know, 26, 26 wins, didn't even win uh, the the Southwestern Conference tournament that year. Got bumped in the first round by Texas A&M. Aggies probably hung a banner for that game specifically, and not for winning the actual mm-hmm. tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and really, truly, it's like a disservice to like Holcomb's career at TCU. He was a stud, and and I don't think anyone at TCU like you could go or you could survey a thousand TCU students on campus right now, and you could just ask them, "Tell me one thing about Carvin Holcomb," and not a single TCU student would say, "Oh, he played basketball here." Mm-hmm. A thousand out of a thousand. A thousand out of a thousand TCU students would say that's not a real person. You made that. You made that name up. Like, th- tell me another. Tell me another program out there that has a, a player who leads the team in scoring in a year that they make the NCAA tournament, and you couldn't find one other person that knows his name. It's kind of yeah. sad, really. That's like, got to be the, per- the personal mission going forward. Get Carvin known. I'm- I'm preach, putting his preach name Carl Lott's name, Tony Papa, Tony Rod Papa, J- Rod Jake. You know, there's a there's Jake's, a pizza there's Jake's. a pizza place right down the street from TCU called Mama's Pizza. I think I'm going to start mm-hmm. Papa's Pizza, and it's going to be just mm-hmm. interior decoration is just going to be completely dedicated to Tony Papa. Love just it. pictures. I'm here for it. I'll eat there. <laughs> is he alive? Let's see if he's alive. Tony Papa TCU. Oh nope. The first thing to come up is Tony Papa obituary. Oh no. Anthony Papa. <laughs> oh no, this guy died in 1963. This isn't the same Tony Papa. Tony Papa. Quite a story if it was. From the grave, Tony Papa averaging 10 points a game for TCU. He's been dead for 26 years. There you have it. That is the story. And these are the college basketball stories. Was it 100% accurate? Yeah, that sounds right. 
Follow us on Twitter at the CBB Stories. Also, see all of our inebriated storytelling podcasts as part of the Stories Podcast Network at the Stories Pods on Twitter as our guests rewrite the past across various sports. Alcoholic drinks are consumed voluntarily by our guests at their own discretion. Please drink responsibly. Milk. Calcium. Drinking milk. No, it's <laughs> it, it's a ranch water. It's very, milk. Very, very fitting. Very ranch fitting. water. It is, yeah. In Texas, that's what we call those down in San Antonio. Yeah, they're delicious. You know what's weird is that, like, and, and I don't know, I'm, I might be a little older than you, you guys here, but, like, when I was a kid, everyone drank milk, right? Like, mm-hmm. it was, like we went through, in my family, me and my sister went through a gallon of milk, like, every four or five days. My students now think milk is the most disgusting thing in the entire world. That's so weird. We, we buy milk, like, three no. gallons at a time. So I was going to say, yeah, I've got three kids, and I'm, like, trying to talk yeah. to the local plumbing to see if we can get it just get it on tap. Uh-huh. At this point, <laughs> I'll pay for the line. I don't care. It's like at what ridiculous. age do people? What age do people stop drinking milk? I mean, I, I still drink milk. <laughs> Report. you, <laughs> <laughs> Patrick? I'm I'm still drinking milk today. Literally, yeah. <laughs> it's the best. Oh man, have you ever it's priced out homes in the Bay Area? Like just for fun, like just jumped on Zillow. <laughs> yeah, Zillow. Yeah, I, 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 have, two I have two college roommates out there. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah, they're like, this is not long term. Yeah, I live in Manhattan. Huge flex. And it's <laughs> ridiculous to even think about it. We've looked at it. But Rich, are you verified on Twitter? Well, you know, the only people that matter really are. So Some, some of us yet. pretend to be a big deal, and some of us are actually a big deal. And I'll let you figure out which one you are. Time. <laughs> I'm trapped on this fucking island. Help me. <laughs> it's the guy drinking milk. Yeah. <laughs> the ultimate flex on the podcast. Drinking milk on the uh, podcast. Stronger bones than all of you, so it's fine. <laughs> no, I drank my weight in this. milk. I drank my weight in milk, and I've had more broken bones than any person that I know. So I think it's. I think that's all a rumor. It's all a myth. Mm. Oh, TCU plays basketball, huh? It's a thing that we try. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm coming in blind to this. That's so are we. Uh, that's not, <laughs> you're not alone. Jamie Dixon six three. That, yeah. that I think was the most surprising thing. Wow. The hair adds two inches. Yeah, he, six I mean, four on one of these. Yeah, he's five eight now after coaching at TCU for five years. It's, it's the weight of the world on his shoulders, shrunk him down. <laughs> Um, he used every ounce of coaching ability left just to get us into the tournament in 2018. And now it's mm-hmm. just, we're all c- cruising downhill from here. The only thing that we really have going for us is that Pitt has been so much worse. Mm-hmm. Like that's really what's been saving us is that like you can, you can look at Twitter now and like, I guess, I don't know what happened today. If they fired their coach or something, everyone's like, Oh, I never should have let Jamie Dixon go. Nobody's mentioning that it has not worked with TCU yeah. whatsoever. So at least we have that going for us. I mean, the thing is though, is like, it the the where TCU is currently is still light years ahead of where it was before Dixon got here. Like from a facilities perspective, from a recruiting perspective, from even just a performance on the court perspective, 
Like the fact that we were all disappointed because losing to Kansas State last week was like a thing that just shouldn't have happened. There was never a game that TCU was supposed to win before before Jamie Dixon got here. And so I... I, I have a hard I, – do I think he's a lifer? No, I don't think he should be a lifer. Do I think that people have have soured on him too quickly? I, I, I think I'm somewhere in between. And they threw money at hoops well before Jamie Dixon was locked in. And I think that tells you that they intend to be competitive in basketball because that's where the money is. So I think they need basketball and they want basketball to be successful. It mm-hmm. just hasn't happened yet. And, and – if it doesn't start to happen next year, I'm starting to believe it might never unless you can get a transcendent. Like, I don't know how much money TC is willing to pay a five-star, but if they'll throw money at them like Kansas and Oklahoma State and whoever else do, then sure. Or maybe we, we hire someone's brother. I don't know. But uh, I, I think I think you have to, you're trying to build a program in a place where you really just need to get elite players, use them up and spit them out. And and I just I don't know if, if TCU – can do can get the success that they want to have doing it the way that they're doing it right now. I agree. I, you go back to the year before Dixon was hired too, when Texas Tech and TCU were both in that coaching search process, and uh, both candidates uh, that ended up hired at Tech and at TCU were like on TCU's shortlist, and I, it almost feels like. Um, TCU painted themselves into a corner with Dixon because if Jamie Dixon is a candidate for your head coaching gig and he was an alumni of the school, he was a member of the team that has the most recent NCAA tournament win. Uh, he, you know, legacy of that, the miracle shot, you know, everything else. Uh, you have to hire that guy. You can't hire uh, the guy who was the coach at whatever bumfuck school before. Like it, it, it has to be Dixon. Um, and then look at Texas Tech making it to the national championship game two years yeah. ago. Uh, have you been to Lubbock? Like, how the hell a, are they doing that? It's an absolute dumpster. But they got a, a fucking dog of a head coach out there now who knows what he's doing and can recruit like hell. He whipped that fan base into a frenzy, which is tough to do sometimes. And you know, they, they, the, the kind of the the like – stocks of both of the programs have gone up. But if you see like TCUs is kind of like traveling on this plane and Texas tech is like, it's GME. It's going to the moon, right? It's like diamond hands out here. They're going, they're, <laughs> they're riding that shit so high into space right now. Um, and you know, he's six eleven or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. He's a and, string bean. Yeah. And everyone on Twitter was just freaking out about how tall Brian Howard is. And so some Arizona guy took a screenshot of him standing on the mound and did like one of those like meter things that you like, like that you see like a key on maps and stuff and it's just an arrow at his feet and an arrow to his head and it just said seven goddamn feet so, <laughs> still one of the funniest things i've ever seen uh, and I, he struck out like 18 people in that game like he was just a force so and, and just was mowing people down and they were so fired up about how big and tall he was and just how just untouchable he was man well yeah he's seven goddamn feet yeah, the dude is a grinder too. He, he, him, and like Mitchell Traver. And, I mean, TCU has had like big name pitchers come through, right? You think Matt Perk, uh, you know, um, Jake Arietta, like a bunch of these other guys. But it's like Mitchell Traver and Brian Howard are like the essence of TCU baseball. Just these gritty mm-hmm. MFers who are gonna just 
grind you into a fine powder before they're finished with you. <laughs> and now we have Russell For Smith, that. who is also six foot nine mm-hmm. and is looking like he's going to be an absolute ridiculous star, too. Yeah. Johnny Ray. That's the TCU mentality. Grind people into a fine powder. Like Desmond Bain. I thought you were going to go a different direction with that, and you were going to throw a TCU football drug joke from 2012 at us. No, I that you didn't, but... Melissa, like, Kyle's out here. It's a little PTSD (laughs) from that that whole weekend of events. Yeah. Yeah. Desmond Bain just has to, like, flex and look at you, and you explode. Yeah. Shout out Zion. Um, no. So, what have I, you done? No. I'm here Let's to talk go. about our Lord and Savior, Melvin Edgem. <laughs> <laughs> Levi, I just need you to look at something really quickly. Yeah, that's so- my man. How are you, buddy? Wow, whose idea was? I saw that name pop up. I, I, I think I need to go get another drink. Here's the thing. Didn't we already beat Iowa State in basketball this year? Oh, yeah, but I think so. Is Who the has team, so, sure. yeah. Coco! Basketball doesn't exist this year. Hey, bud! What are you doing? Levi's a real dick online, but when you see him with his dog, he becomes really likable. <laughs> <laughs> this was, this was Levi's idea. He uh, <laughs> He mentioned it when I said that, I don't know, that he was the day after you guys, and he was like, just drop me that link. And I totally just remembered like 10 minutes ago. So I'm glad he saw it. He was waiting. Yeah. Now things are really going to go off. I don't think you knew what kind of podcast that you were opening up here. Like you've seen the solo pack, <laughs> but you put this, this together and it's going to get lit on fire. Well, I won't come in here. I won't, I won't ruin your whole podcast. <clears throat> we're talking so about this, uh, basketball. What can you This hurt? has been the, the 40 minutes of TCU basketball prep, and we've talked about TCU baseball and church camp. Sure. <laughs> Do you want Jamie Dixon? Fuck no. Okay, well. <laughs> Sorry. That was, that was rude. But I, <laughs> but I, under, I also understand. Give you no. Jamie Dixon. No, and I don't really a, have anything against Jamie Dixon. A second just, edition Tyrese Halbert and... Oh yeah, we talked. Yeah, we talked about Top Shot for a while too. Oh yeah. Oh, you a rookie card. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> like, um, no, actually, the 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 couple guys I had my eye on was Darian DeVries from Drake, um, Porter Mosier from Loyola Chicago. Yeah, he's coming to our time. Step away. Um, <laughs> Smith from Utah State, and what's his name from Winthrop. One of those would be my four, actually. And then there's a, an assistant coach from Michigan State. Um, what the hell's his name? Hold on, find it. Um, but he's been there for a long time. He's been there for like 16 years, but he's only like 46. Um, okay. yeah. Uh, and he's a uh, Dwayne Stevens. That's who I'm thinking of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dwayne Stevens. Uh, he's only 46. He's uh, he's their head of recruiting and player development. He's from that area. Iowa State has always recruited Michigan really well. We've had really good success in Michigan previously. And literally our two, like two of our four best players of all time are from Michigan. Um, and I think that would be a good one if we're not going to get a, a little head coach, little school. God, I mean, he's a good, he was a great player. Oh, I love he's him. A great I, yeah, that one. I Jeez. will. Dude, I think yeah. I mentioned this last time and I've, I've tweeted about this incessantly. I will never forgive the Dallas Mavericks. 
mm-hmm. for passing on him. Mistake. I will never forget. Well, and then it, was the cla- it was the classic. It was the classic. Oh, that's such a good pick for the Grizzlies. Like yeah. all these teams should have done right. it. It was like, well, then why didn't you? It's like exactly. all these the Spurs. Like, mm-hmm. oh, such a good Look Spurs pick. Well, yeah. Why didn't you for do? Three why days, didn't you take him? Like three days before the draft, some he had like a virtual Zoom meeting with like all of the front office of the Mavericks, and everyone was like, "Oh, that basically seals it." Like, if he's there at seventeen, they're going to take him. They asked someone asked him about it afterwards. I think it was Drew Davison or someone uh, for the Fort Worth Star Telegram, and he's like, "Yeah, I think I feel like a glove in Dallas. I'm exactly what they're looking for. They need shooters around Luca. Uh, I think I would I think I would fit perfectly into that system." And like everyone in DFW is basically like, "The Mavericks are taking Desmond Bain." Well, he's from has, he's from Dallas, isn't he? No, he's from, no Indiana. Indiana. he's like from Indiana. Oh, okay. Um, but I mean, he developed forty-five yeah. minutes away from from the Mavs. When you have the first, second Kenrich Williams, shout out Kenny Hustle, the the but the first real like first round NBA prospect since fucking Kurt Thomas in your backyard, and then you draft a guy named Josh Green who played in like seventeen games at Arizona and is currently thriving in the G League playing like. Nine minutes a game. Yeah. All right. I'm going to let you guys record your podcast. I just want to come here and bomb it and say hi. Listen, Jamie. <laughs> good. Oh, man. Well, Pearl Key sounds like yeah. something you'd find yeah. on like Cinemax on like a Saturday night at like 3 a.m., right? Like yeah. that. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. I can't get past it. You like, I'm, I'm ruined. I'm. Oh, we don't no, need to get why, past it. That's why, it that's like why I brought it up. up. I just Oral heat during your whole. <laughs> story of it's not during so it's, uh, like that's a different type of podcast um, first of all there's no way any oral heat has lasted that long second of all <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was no second of all just that uh, first i did not know this this is more comical but uh dixon did not want to come to tcu as a player he wanted to play back at santa barbara mm-hmm. and the top recruiter at santa barbara did not want him and that recruiter, Ben Holland. Who no then, way. Yeah. Whoa. Who then who That's then pulled crazy. who pulled him up into yeah, pulled him as an yeah. assistant, brought him all yeah. But yeah, he's the reason he ended up at TCU. Or he would have been he like wanted to be at Santa Barbara. Interesting. Uh, well for uh, for multiple reasons then. Thank you, Ben Howland. Shout out. Yeah. Um Second one was those two whiskeys ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm like way worse than I was last time we talked. It's fine. It's fine. You guys did great though. Oh, uh, Jamie, the funny part about you calling out that a one in six, like since then, a one beat a 16, that this TCU year was only the second year ever. There were 64 teams, so it was only the second year ever of a one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, here's the thing. Like that TCU, that TCU uh, Kansas game, the first TCU's first win as members of the first conference win as members of the Big Twelve. That was like from a from a Ken Palm ratings and from a uh, whatever whatever the computer ratings were. Uh, RPI is that what it is? Um, those rating that was a yeah. bigger RPI differential. Than a than the like average sixteen seed one seed matchup in an NCAA tournament. So like that TCU win was technically like a bigger upset than a sixteen seed over a one seed win would have been. 
but it just it happened in the middle of the regular season. It was TCU's only win that year, so nobody. I will do our next podcast on that. No, please don't. <laughs> As we should just go. Really, I got a na- I got a name for you. You want to you want to do a podcast on that game specifically? Andrew Feltz is your guy, but not me. Yeah, but not me. Here's the deal. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. I don't really want to do one on that, but. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 